apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage, and equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Wednesday. You know, Frank, I just looked at our logo, and I think we need to give that little guy with the megaphone a name. I'm not sure what to call him, though. <laughs> uh, listen, we had a name fest last year when, 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 when I was doing the show. Where is by he? Myself. Um, Bienvenido had a trip. Oh, I gotta, I gotta look for him. I, I, I might find him with, within all the commotions and stuff. You know, but hey, look, welcome to the to another week of speaking it real. Hey, speaking it real. Hey, speaking it real, right? <laughs> hey, look, obviously, it's it's June. It's Pride Month. All right, we're it's trying to happy Pride Month. <clears throat> we try to educate, you know, all of you guys out there. Uh, with experiences, um, this 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 time around, uh, we have Rosie Ramon. She's from the West Coast. She has a cookie company. It's called In the Black Cookie. Rosie, thank you for joining us <clears throat> and helping us out on the show. Hey, hi, Rosie. Thanks for having me. Thank you for your bravery. 
now. So, so yeah, you know, basically what we try to do here, you know, try to get, you know, at least for uh, for the month of June, right? Yeah. Uh, pretty much just <clears throat> explain to people what what pride really is. You know, what 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 it's like to, you know, to be a gay individual. You know, to you know, and just life itself because. Not only do you know we want to educate everybody, we also want to make whoever you know our younger listeners, you know, that listen to our show, you know, saying, "Hey, look, it is okay, you know, to be gay, you know, regardless of what you know you're told." Because you know, there's still you know these youngins that have these old school parents say, "Hey, no, you can't, you can't be gay if you're a female. You have." To you have to be with a man, you know, or if you're a male, you have to be you have to be with a female, you know. So it's one of those things where it's like, hey, look, you know what? It is okay. It's not, it's not what, you know, what you think it is, you know. And if and if you're one of these church going guys or girls, you know what? You can't believe the church all the time. I mean, that's the way I feel about it. I think at least at least with you know at least the church. Cuidado, cuidado. Oh, listen, listen, listen. I, I got no shame. I got no shame. In speaking, in speaking about the religion aspect, because I, I literally, I saw. Frank, I, I know what I saw. God, the last few years, I'm not sure what happened. No, look, you know what? I saw, I saw a post on Facebook, and I was gonna put it on the show. I just. I got caught up today on my, my way home, but <clears throat> it, it was this girl that was talking about, oh, yeah, I went to church and they they took the gay off, off of me. You know, I'm no longer gay. <laughs> they eliminated the gay. <laughs> and I just, and I just made it right. And I just made a comment, which was like, well, then you were re really never gay. Being gay <clears throat> is not a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's true. I mean, uh, first, thanks for having me on. Um, pride, pride is, and pride month is basically a time to reflect, I feel, on the people, all the people who came before us. Today, today's time, the kids are so much more accepting. Maybe not the parents, but the kids are way more accepting. I mean, they have like 50 different gender identities that they, you know, call i mean and they're like hugging and embracing and you know it's a brand new world out there you know it's a it's a different thing like when i was coming out you know being in the closet was a real thing you know you would get hurt if if you you know told people you were gay it's a little bit different now um which is awesome but i think that for, for us for pride month it really is a reflection of the people who came before us a time for us to celebrate that and to really embrace who we are and let people who don't know who they are and they're learning it, give them the freedom and the safety of a safe place to come out during that, during this time, you know, which a lot of people do. A lot of people come out during pride month because it's safe. There's a lot, you know, we come out of the woodwork suddenly, you know, everybody's gay. You know, you walk out the door and there's, Oh, I didn't know my neighbor was gay. <laughs> you know, their pride flags flying high. <clears throat> <laughs> so <Right>? Rosie, <clears throat> um, let me ask, since uh, you are more from our generation, 
Um, when and how, well, when did you notice? When did you accept or realize it? And when and how did you break the news? And how did that go? Oh, good times. Let's talk about the party. <laughs> um, I knew I liked both men and women when I was young, probably in high school. So, you know, 16, 17, I actually had a boyfriend. I, I was married to a man, my high school sweetheart, and we were together for almost 12 years. <clears throat> um, I didn't come out completely until I was in my late 20s. Mm. Um, and my mother is and oh, it has always been a religious educator for the Catholic church. So she was, her job was to literally teach children about their religion. And she's, you know, she just retired like four years ago. So always been heavy in the church. So Frank, when you're talking about like religion, it made me giggle a little bit because it's a thing. It is truly a thing. When I came out to my mom, I was 29 or 30. You know, I'm getting older, so it's in that range. <laughs> and um, you know what she said to me? She said, well, as long as you don't practice it, you'll be okay. Wow. Oh, you know okay. why she said that? Mm -hmm. Because in the Catholic Church, the sin <laughs> comes in the act. Mm -hmm. right? So you can't, act, don't act on what you feel, and then mm -hmm. God will still love you. <clears throat> so it was a thing. It took her a minute. You know, I want to say it wasn't like, you know, years, but it took her a minute to embrace it. You know, I had a girlfriend at the time. Her name was Tiffany. And Tiffany was rough around the edges. So she wasn't very likable. <clears throat> so, you know, when you have someone you're dating that nobody really likes to begin with, it's even harder for them to accept it, you know. Right, right. <laughs> it's a double whammy, like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the whole religion thing, it took a minute. I had to remind my mom that God loves me. <clears throat> God loves me no matter what. You know, God gives me grace because, you know, and he accepts the fact that I'm a sinner. And that's something that was taught to me in my Catholic religion. And just because I'm gay doesn't take away my spirituality. I still believe in God. I am still, you know, a good person because of it. And my beliefs follow me. You know, I feel like uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's super important to have a spiritual belief, whatever it is. Good. All right. So, uh, and um, I guess if I may ask, um, how about your dad? How do you take it? Oh. Different story. <laughs> My dad's first generation generation Jalisco Mexican. So he is from Mexico. And yeah. you know, he he uh yeah, he didn't know for a long time. I don't never really like came out to him. He kind of just found out. Um because you know, we were a little bit estranged. So, you know, when he he divorced my mom, he moved to Texas, you know. He, you know, was one of those relationships where, you know, back in the 70s, it was like 77, right. he left, he took his money with him, you know, he would, you know, we called him the Santa Claus dad. So it wasn't like we were the tightest, you know. Gotcha. You know, when we got older, we got a little tight. I got into a fight with my sister when I, when Dina and I are getting married because we got married in 2009. So we originally were planning our wedding in May of 2009. Obviously, the law changed in 2008, December that year. We didn't go rush to get a license and get married and all that. 
we were going to get married for, for each other, for ourselves. And so my sister and I got into a huge fight because she was insistent that I invite my dad. And I was like, yeah, you know, no, if he's not in my life now, then I don't really want him to be there. You know, it's just that simple. Um, so he finally came back into my life, 2010, 11, 12, something like that. And it's because he got divorced and he needed help with his divorce. So we all did the family, good, good Mexican family thing, right? We all pitched in and helped him and moved him. He lived with my sister for a minute and we got him a house and all that fun stuff. Not until then did he really start to accept, you know, but it took me having a conversation with him, basically telling him, this is my person. This is the person I love. You either are going to respect her in our relationship or you're not going to have me in your life. So you have to decide. So when Dina got cancer for the second time in 2020, so she was diagnosed with cancer in 2006 and then again in 2020, my dad called her every single week. Wow. He was the only great. person without fail to call her every single week of that entire, I mean, he still does it. He's like every couple of weeks now, but every week he would call to check on her and say, I love her and I'm praying for her. And I just want you to know that. That's good. So what a turnaround, huh? Yeah. He really, yeah. He really embraced it. I think, I think in all in all, our parents as a whole, you know, kind of have changed somewhat with the generations, you know, or yeah. not generations, but the times. Yeah. You know, so some people don't, you know, but I know that my parents within time, and especially my dad, I mean, my dad's a very old school Cuban. Yeah. And for it, you know, when, when he saw my first tattoo, he had a fit. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but, <laughs> I'm the same. <laughs> and, we're, and we're talking about this was what back in. 99 was when he saw my first tattoo. Uh, it's always that man. But so you're, you know, you're already a grown ass adult by then, huh? And then, oh, I was, I was already in the army. Yeah. I already had a child. You know, <laughs> I tried you. I got it. And I, I put it all the way up here on my arm. Yeah, no way. So he wouldn't see it. But I stretched out. And yep, there it was. He saw just a little ending and bah! And you know, so, but point being is, you know, it's hard for these old school, you know, our old school <laughs> parents to, to turn the page. And the fact that he was able to turn the page was just outstanding. Well, I think you know? a lot of it had to do with the fact that I had the cojones to say something to him. Because if I didn't say something to him, I think it would have been a different story. You know, because he was very disrespectful to her. And, you know, it just took him knowing that, you know, hey, this is the person that I love. We've been through so much together. Like, you don't get to talk to her like that. And I feel like he was really quiet when I, and I tried to be very respectful because I really believe, you know, you, you respect your elders, right? I think that we came from an era where you don't say things that are disrespectful to your parents. I tried not to, and I tried to deliver it with love and kindness and just like absolute, it's not acceptable. Um, and I feel like he got that. He didn't say anything. He got like, got out. we were in a car. So he got out of the car and I said, I love you. Bye. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, 
the, the next day I saw him and he was much more reserved. I don't know what it did. You know, maybe it was because I said that to him, but yeah, you know, it definitely changed him. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom had issues with my tattoo as well, Frank. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? You better wear a shirt around this house. Don't ever let me see it. And I did the best I could until I came home one day. We had like a flash flood, just a storm that came in and flooded Miami like really good in a matter of a day. My car got stranded, so I'm walking blocks home in knee-high water. And I got home and took my shirt off, and I'm like, oh, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Too late, I saw it. I'm like, well, did you like it? (laughs) I saw this um, this cartoon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because <laughs> we come from that same time, right? So that the time that that ta- you know our era tattoos, the perception was that you were a prisoner in prison or someone who was, you know, bad, yeah. right? You know, nowadays you're you know you're a three star Michelin chef. You've got like full sleeves on. You know, it's a different yeah. era. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. So, so uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. All right. no go ahead. Uh, I was going to get into the dynamics of her relationship. I mean, um, so to my understanding, um, both of you, obviously, you're doing well. You've been married all this time. But politically, I hear from what I understand, <laughs> we're, we're on different uh, different ends of the spectrum here. So oh, I guess totally. you want to break that down a little bit. And then also yeah. <clears throat> how you both handle that, especially in today's climate where most people just don't really know how to have that conversation oh well it it, we almost divorced over it (laughs) really wow it it was during the uh it was during um you know obviously it was it was when we were voting and you know it was the day after hillary lost and i was devastated tears like you know i i thought she was gonna win and so you know, Dina was so happy and just, you know, and you know, I'm talking about like the repercussions and what's gonna happen and hearing the judges and this and that, you know, and and I stopped. We were walking our dogs and I stopped and I turned and it finally hit me. Okay, we'd already been married like 10 years, and it finally hit me. And I said, Who are you? You don't even know who you are. Like, do you even know like our community? Because you know, it is about you know, our community that's super liberal and the <clears throat> things that, you know, a conservative Republican, their vision and their the things that they see don't fit our community. And it's really a struggle. But then again, I'm going to share with you. So there's times where neither one of us fit in our community either. It gets a little too liberal because I'm a conservative Democrat. It's probably one of the reasons why our relationship works. But there was major, major, major issues because I really had to get back by that. And thank God we see a therapist because our therapist helped us or we would have been divorced. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, so now <clears throat> there are issues going on um, and I don't know. So uh, I'm not sure if Frank told you, my son came out um like about uh, a little bit before last Pride Month, he he decided to break the news to me while I'm driving 90 miles an hour on a highway. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm trying to. I want to get home. I've been working all day. I pick him up in Minnesota, and then I pick him up and take him up here to St. Pete. 
And I'm on the highway and he basically tells me, Dad, I got something to tell you. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He goes, I like my women like I like my coffee. And I don't like coffee. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I'm like, it. my brain is registering this while I'm hauling ass. And, and then I'm like, really? He's a, yep. I'm like, still driving. <laughs> and I just had to ask, like, finally, I'm like, you sure? He goes, yeah. And he started to explain to me what <clears throat> he was thinking and feeling. And I was just like, okay. I mean, as long as you're certain about it and you, you know, you truly feel that way, then it is what it is. We'll go from there. I'll have to get used to a few things. You're going to have to forgive me. I've had a vision of your future for 16, oh, yeah. 17 years. And it's kind oh, of yeah. so mm -hmm. you're going to have to work with me here, but we'll, we'll, it's fine. I'm okay with it. I'm not, I'm not upset. And so we're cool. Actually, um, I don't know if I can. Sh He's right next to you, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's not oh. here. That's that's oh. a little flag back there. Uh, this is like my office, but when he's here, it's his room. And um, you know, I took him to Pride Fest last year, uh, and I guess this year they're gonna have the parade, and he wants to go. And perfectly cool. Uh, but it's funny because he's also a little more liberal, and I'm not. And we're always bad, you know, bantering. <laughs> Oh yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. You know, uh, when, when Dina puts on Tucker Carlson and I'm like, what are you listening to? Like, seriously, you're going to get brain damage. Like, <laughs> I like Tucker. Uh, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. <clears throat> Tucker Carlson. I, I'm going to treat Tucker Carlson like I treated COVID. Attitude, yeah, yeah. I accuse most liberals uh, of having. You guys are just like, anyway. No, you know what? I can't. <laughs> I could sit and have a conversation, you know, with anybody, but that guy's just out there, out yeah. there. So, as a conservative Democrat, as you describe yourself, <clears throat> yeah. Now, Frank and I are from Florida, and Florida has obviously made some waves with the gay community, but I think. I can tell you as a Florida resident, a lot of it has been completely misrepresented. <clears throat> what is your take on this idea? And Frank, I don't know if you heard about what happened in Dallas, but this kind of plays into what I'm about to ask. What is your take on the notion that uh, there seems to be what they call indoctrination? I, I, I'm just going to ask it because I don't have any way to like sugarcoat it, but I don't want to be like rude or insensitive. But there seems to be this notion that there's indoctrinating going on in the younger grades in our elementary schools with regards to the LG, LGBTQ uh, agenda. People are feeling like, you know, it's not so much about them trying to understand it as much as it is to try to, like, conform or change minds or things like that. I'm sure you've heard your fair share of stories and um, uh information uh, what's your take on it where does it belong there should we wait so like i use my son as an example i said look nobody told you anything throughout your entire scholastic career and you busted the news on me while i'm on the highway i the schools didn't need to tell you you figured it out um and so that's kind of my approach to it but i understand where you're coming from also like you said earlier uh that awareness is good so where do we draw that line what's your take on it <clears throat> 
that's really difficult um because i feel like we're super easy on our kids right now i feel like you know everybody gets a trophy we're in the everybody gets a trophy refreshing world, right <laughs> yeah and i struggle with that um i feel like in school anyways i feel like they don't go to school long enough i'm like what well, you guys are already off on summer june 1st and everybody's <clears> on now it's summer break i'm like what we start in august i'm like so i feel like it's a little askew from when it was back in the day i also feel like there's a we have to change the way that we educate our kids and i feel like that's happening and i feel like it's a good thing to change. However, I don't want it to be the opinion of the teachers. I want it to be structured. So this is where the conservative comes in. I feel like we should educate within a structure. So if the, you know, the gay community is going to get, uh, be educated in, you know, elementary school. And so is, you know, I don't know, indigenous people and Black Lives Matter. It has to be all encompassing. It can't just be focused in one group. You know, I feel like that's really important. There has to be structure in that. Like anytime we educate our children, it has to have that structure. If we don't have that structure, then it becomes the opinion of the teacher. And that's what we can't have. Hmm. <clears throat> all right. Um, so, um, <clears throat> I know, you know, so first and foremost, I want to make sure you know that we can say gay in Florida. We say it a lot. It's it's perfect. What? We can actually <laughs> say it. Yes. I have said it for the last few weeks out in public and uh, you know, I I'm still here. St. Pete is uh is a pretty liberal city and it's full of rainbows right now and I'm sure the word gay has come out of many mouths here. We're okay. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's funny to me because I grew up thinking Florida was like the gay Mecca. Like, you know, it's like, I thought that's where there are yeah. some spots. I mean, you go to yeah. Key West, you come to St. Pete. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny that those stories come out. My, my friends were actually uh, traveling with a travel trailer and they were hitting all different states and they were in Florida and they said they had the worst time in Florida. So uh, same sex, two females married with a couple of dogs and they were, they were, you know, threatened a few times while they were, you know, traveling with their trailer. And I was really shocked. I was shocked. Number one, because people were doing that. Like, that's really like, that's the, the life of like the trailer community. Like you're going to get all aggressive. You know, why would anybody do that? You're supposed to be living this dream life. But apparently that was their experience. It shocked me. I was like, whoa. I wonder where they went. Wow. But I mean, like any yeah, other state, I wonder. Like any state, you know, you pick your spots. You have those. You have other places that are <clears throat> completely open-armed about it. It's all about where you go. It's not an all-encompassing issue in Florida. But um, the reason- Or any that, state. Right. Or any state. Right. So, Frank, what I'm uh, I'm going to discuss, I heard it on the radio today, and so uh, I'm glad Rosie's here because this is like an extreme situation that I'm here, I heard about today. I heard something about Dallas where they took like six or seven, seven, eight-year-olds to like a drag strip club, strip club and were literally oh, yeah. putting money 
into like the underwears of of the dancers. And so I, I what I don't know, <clears throat> and this is the part I can't confirm, is was this like some kind of field trip or were these just parents? Um, but again, this kind of goes back to what I was saying about like how young is too young and should we let kids just be kids? And then when should we start trying to integrate the kind of information that we're discussing here to a young mind and stuff like that? It's not that I'm against it. I think awareness is good. Like you said at the beginning, Rosie, but the debate in Florida, which is where that law that's been misrepresented came from was the fact that it was apparently happening between grades K and three. And all the governor said was no, none of that stuff. Actually, he didn't even say, he didn't even say gay. He just basically said uh, any kind of sexual orientation conversation. So, I mean, that applies to straight people too. Just no sex between K and three. And I guess maybe I think instruction was just getting too liberal to the point where that information started showing up in the, in the desks and boards of six, seven, eight year olds. So uh, now when Frank, when we were growing up, Rosie, you too, I think that kind of education started like at the tail end of elementary beginning of middle, right? Yes. So yeah. it's sixth grade. So, I mean, are we, is, is our governor wrong for, for having to put that in the law? I think the fact that he even had to put that in the law is an issue in itself. I don't know if he did it for political purposes or if there's enough evidence coming across his desk where he felt he had to write it. But I guess it's just a fair question. When is a good time to start this? Me? Yep. Yeah, I think that uh, first and foremost, anybody who's taking a kid to any kind of strip club, gay, straight, whatever, you've got to think about what is wrong with that parent, right? This isn't about educating. This is about really making a poor judgment decision. Like, come on. I don't care if, you know, your kid's under 18 years, you're under 21 in California, <clears throat> You, sh you don't need to be in those environments. You know, you're not legally allowed to be in those environments. So give me a, a break. Like for, geez, come on. Is the law 21 in California? Yeah. Okay. So I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> um, what I actually looked this up right now as uh, you guys were talking. I just right. heard about it, Frank. So fill me in on the details. I definitely don't want to misrepresent. Yes. So this is just part of what I'm reading off of it, it's viral videos circulated, circulated on Monday appearing to show a few children with adult guardians at a club while a drag queen danced to, Ariana, to an Ariana, Ariana Grande song. Okay. The, event, the event held at Mr. Mr. Club in Cedar <clears throat> Springs, Texas was called Drag Your Kids to Pride. And was wow. advertised as a family-friendly edition of its weekend drag queen brunch event. Okay, okay. now I'm going to give my take on this. Okay. Uh, depending on the age of the kids, also, right? Let's 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 assume here that the kids are ranging. You know, if they're ten years old, they have no business being there. If they're 12, 13 years old, they still have no business being there. All right. I think if, you know, if they're 15, 16, 17 years old, you know what? At that age, you know what you are. All right. At that age, you know what you are. 
I mean, look. If, if, if it's a clean event, if it's a yeah. clean event, okay, and there's I've nothing crazy dad, going on, then why not? I've told my That's sister. Just, you know, when I took him to Pride, I said, look, I'm going to take you to Pride. <clears throat> I want you to have a great time. I want you to socialize, mingle, talk, but understand something. You're not 18. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, if I find any adults, I don't care. I told him if I find any adults trying to do stuff and make you feel uncomfortable, I'm going to end up in jail. You don't have that kind of liberty with me until you turn 18. Do you understand me? <laughs> would you have said that to him if it was a straight event? Yeah, I would have. Okay. I mean, I've always, yeah. I've always told him, I mean, if he wants to talk to a girl and he wants to, yeah, I still, as an adult or an adult woman, just listen, don't mess around with the rules. 18 and up, be smart. Just be smart at that point. Just do what you got to do, but be smart. But uh, adults, uh-uh, nope. And so- That's, that's fair. <laughs> that's, that's, that's being a parent. And right. I feel like um, going back to the club thing, so that's different. That's different than actually, this is a, an event that's held specifically for family. So if you've ever been to a pride event, not sure if either one of you been. Just that you, one They've got pride parades. They've got, you know, <clears throat> going around, nobody's putting money in their G strings or, you know, and they, and they don't wear G strings. They're in beautiful gowns and they're, you know, hair, think of a uh, RuPaul's uh, drag race. That's how uh, they right, look the show. Mm -hmm. in those events. And they're singing and there's no, they don't like people touching them. So that, mm -hmm. and I've seen kids many ages, strollers be at those kind of events because it's safe and it is like seeing somebody on stage performing singing and dancing that is entirely different than a strip club or being at a strip club environment <clears throat> you know it's theater that's fine i mean like i said i heard the blurb and i'm just like i'm only giving you the little bits that i heard <clears throat> and we understand that that's the media cool. will present things in a way yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to bring up the picture. I'm Say it again? I'm going to try to bring up the picture here. Give me one. Oh, second. you got pictures. Okay. I have one picture I was able to find. Hopefully, I'm able to bring it up. And now, you know, and again, I think it it all depends on what the event type is. Yeah. You know, in order to, or no, well, in order to, to take your kids to it. I mean, so, I don't think my my kids going to, to any type of club at, an, at a young age, I don't think it's worth it. If it's something that's outdoors, that'll be fine. You but, gotta celebrate Texas because if you've ever been to Texas, they're conservative as all hell. And you know, uh, if, yeah. they're gonna, if they're gonna have that, I mean, good for them. They're turning that's, the, that's, the that's table. That's what I was there. saying earlier. Like yeah. every state, no matter how red you think it is, yeah. there are places that are just they're okay with it. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> that's why I, I'm like enough with this red fear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I have a real fear. I was in Waco, Texas, and I was staying at a you know they're on the greatest hotels. I think I was at a Hilton, some kind of like Garden Inn or something. And um, I was with my girlfriend at the time, and boy, they were knocking at my door wanting to get me the hell out. I was literally like packing my bag and checkout was 10 o'clock. It was like 9.30, and they had the manager at my door. Like, you guys aren't welcome here. You need to leave. I'm like, uh, wow. I am. 
And there's always going to be that, but you'd be surprised, right? Like I've been to towns and, you know, I I'm, I'm pretty Brown and I walk in with the assumption and it's all in my head. And it's funny. I was at a, <clears throat> at a function up in Panama city. Um, and I'm in the parking lot. I'm actually like exercising. I'm doing laps and I, and I stopped for a bit and, Oh, this is it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Right. From the website. So we have little kids there. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I personally, I would stray away from events like that just because. Um, that doesn't mean I, I, I close, I'm closed to any kind of information or, but that, to that kind of environment, I wouldn't care if it was a function for kids. Me personally, just no. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I agree, Elizabeth. There isn't anything wrong with it. It's it's meant to have the kids there. And it's think of it like going to a theater show. It's yeah. that same it it's the same feel. The difference is the music's going on, they're fake singing, it's like a karaoke time and they're dressed in drag. <clears throat> you know? Right. That so back back to where I was saying, like um, you know, th th these uh, preconceived notions of people is a dangerous problem and it's not helpful. Yeah. At, when I was done, I uh, I was just outside having a drink, and uh, dude uh, dude standing outside his truck, big old con uh, Confederate flag on it. I'm like, we just started talking football, had the greatest conversation, nicest guy. His wife came out. We were all just talking. Hey, good night, good night. Take it easy. And I was just like, see, and you hear all this nonsense about, oh, you are the flag, you must be. No, no, no. I, and that's across the board. And it's just something that we really need to stop. If they don't like you, they'll tell you. <laughs> but when you walk into anything and you're already apprehensive, I, I'm, I'm willing to take a step and say you're part of the problem. Um, so uh, that that just needs to change but i'm sure your experiences across the country have not all been like that have they i i walk the world with rose colored glasses on mm -hmm. um you know my wife's the one that carries the gun in our family so i don't have to worry about that uh, <laughs> but in, in, in reality like i've always had that i've always tried to see the goodness in people first and even if they don't see that in me that's on them. That's not me. It's not a reflection right. of who I am. It's a reflection of who they are. But I'm a grown ass woman. I know this, you <clears> know, <throat> somebody who's 12, 10, eight, it's a totally different story. They get judged by, you know, their opinions are, look at the way they looked at me, you know, and that comes back to, you know, that everybody gets a trophy mentality, you know, <clears throat> It, it, I feel like it's kind of like all of the effect. I hear you. Well, hear well, you. you know, Elizabeth says this. People are always scared, but they don't understand or consider normal. But as a parent, I believe that children should be exposed to different things, obviously at, at the level of their maturity and comprehension. I agree. So I, I you see, I agree. I agree 100% with what she says there. Okay, and again, going back to going back to um, the kids at at the event at the club, I think to me that's wrong. Okay, but, or even but again, discussing but, but you know what? Let, let me makes that 
<clears throat> Let me say it like this, because right. I might be speaking out of my ass right now. Because you I've never been to a bank. <laughs> I've never been to one of those events. <laughs> Given the fact that I've never been to one of those events, I don't know what it completely entails. <clears throat> you know. Right. So to me, right now, I'm like, no, no, it's not. It's they shouldn't go. But let's just say I go tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, not too bad. All right, come on. You know, so, yeah. you know, again, it all depends on that maturity level. Yeah. yeah. But this brings up an interesting point. She says at the level of their maturity and comprehension, who decides that? Who the should parent. decide that? The parent. So, the parent. So, all right. The parent. But you see now, this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about, like, schools and education and you know, they'll throw in something in a curriculum at a certain age and your kid may or may not be ready for it. And that's where that struggle happens. And again, it's not really just pride. I think we could just, that's across the board. We just happen to be talking about pride. But I feel like, do you remember, do you remember section to education when you were going to school? Your yeah. parents had, had to, to approve the and go. That's right. Right. Those days are gone. That's part of it. That everybody gets a trophy. We're going to do whatever the hell we want. <clears throat> to that it's the you know i say it i keep saying it because i feel like it's a detriment you know part of what we need to do is be able to include the parents right because they're the ones that oversee it and if they don't like the structure they have alternatives their kids not going to go to school that day they're going to opt out to it you know some people some parents even take it as far as you know i'm not cool with you know the education they're going to get homeschooled you know, it's their prerogative to do that. Well, I know that back then in our time, when we went to school, our parents had to sign a waiver. And if your parent was not happy with the way they wanted it done, you were actually, you were taken out of class. I'm yeah. not sure if that ever <laughs> happened to any of the students in our class, but I know that when the teachers were passing out the paperwork, they're saying, if your parents do not sign this, if we don't have it, <laughs> The, the paperwork signed back from your parents, you will not attend the class. Yep. Yep. I'll you give know, you a good example. My sister homeschooled her kids until they were uh, junior, until they were freshmen in high school. And then they <clears> chose the high school that they were they wanted to go to because she felt like they could choose. Um, but to this day, you know, my, my niece has just turned 18. She's not allowed to read books or wasn't allowed to read books that had anything to do with witchcraft. Okay. It was an absolute no when you're 18, read whatever whatever you want, but not until then. And obviously that goes along the lines of her religious beliefs. And you know, she's conservative. She doesn't want that filling her daughter's head, so on and so forth. That's what parents who are engaged with their children, it's what they do. They want a certain structure until they feel like their kids can handle it or then it doesn't bother them. Make your own decision. Now you're an adult. Like what you said, Carlos, right? You know, you're not 18. So you're going to go by what I say. And until when you're 18, then we, we start the adult relationship. Right on. Exactly. Exactly. And so I'm sticking Elizabeth, by it. So, so Elizabeth, <laughs> When it comes to sexuality, you never know if your child is struggling with understanding their own feelings and what you have exposed them to and your reaction or acceptable of people's lifestyles. 
plays a big part in whether or not they feel supported by you. You know, um, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I guess, uh, again, when my son came out to me, uh, probably thinking that I was a conservative, he was probably going to, I was going to pop my top and I'm like, no. <laughs> well, that's no, the that's, problem. I think you're thinking we all think that way. <laughs> I, yeah. I think what it is, it's, uh, we don't ever really have that conversation with the kids. You know, right. at least I can tell you that at least I can tell you that I have a 24-year-old and a 13-year-old. I never once the 24-year-old had that conversation. Mm -hmm. Of hey, it's okay to be different, or hey, it's okay to be gay. It's okay, it's okay. I've never had that conversation with them. But you know, also as a parent, I I feel that you're gonna know your child is gay or not. You're, you're going to start picking up little signs here or not. You might, you might not, depending on how engaged a parent is. I sure didn't. I really didn't. I mean... Yeah, but Carlos, I think your son doesn't live with you, correct? No, but so he's with are, me on the weekends. He's with me in the summers. I noticed there was never much conversation about girls, but he never... He was just like a kid who loved computers and technology. It really just never came up. Uh, and so that's why I said when he told me while I was driving, I did. I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you a story about my brother. So my brother is like the ultimate male. Okay. He is, you know, he was the football guy when we were growing up, all sports, all the time. So very like male machismo. That's my brother. Uh, great father, great loving father. He's got four girls and now a boy. And they had a boy later in life. And my nephew um, is 14 now, going on 15. But my nephew, I knew he was gay at like two. And my brother, as he started to grow and he wanted to be in dance, <laughs> and you know, he wanted to be a cheerleader. Um, very soft-spoken voice, and he talks like this. He wants his hair long. Um, my brother didn't take it well, and my brother still isn't taking it well. My brother has known his son is different for years now. Mm. You could really start to see it come through when he was like six or seven. He wanted to play with Barbies. And, you know, some, some boys go through that where they want to play. It doesn't matter. It could be any doll. You know, they wanted to dress up to play dress up. That doesn't mean crap. Okay. But he took it to the, to the, a further level. It wasn't like just playing with his cousins that were all girls. It turned into wanting to do it all the time, more and more and more. So you could see the progression, his natural progression. Um, and he's not, he hasn't come out officially come out. He's going to, I know it's going to happen, <laughs> but my brother is on the side of, complete denial and almost verbal abuse when it comes to my nephew. Like he's very aggressive and very like, you know, don't do that. Like if he dances in front of him, he'll say, don't, don't do that shit in front of, front of me. And it's going to be hard for my brother when Makoa has enough balls to come out to him and say, yeah, dad, this is who I am. You know, it's like the table's going to turn here soon. Um, but the thing of the thing I was trying the point I was trying to make is my brother knew and has known for years he's in complete denial. 
<laughs> I feel and I like, think, yeah. And, and, you know, I think that a lot of with these machimbo guys, you know, they're like that. I, I know somebody like that. Um, their son came out. And, excuse me? I'm not like that. You know, um, and when his, when his son came out, he had a very hard time accepting it. Yeah. It was you're my son, but you're not bringing you're not bringing another man home. <clears throat> you know now he's okay with it, but it takes it took time. A while. It, it takes a while. adjustments. I mean, like I said, it wasn't that difficult for me, but I did. I, I, you know, you envision a a thing for your child as they grow up and they start to mature. And you start to imagine, oh, the grandkids, you know, you start getting into all that fantasy. And then all of a sudden, yeah, hey, dad, I'm taking a different road. Like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Got to um, paint a new picture. Got to <laughs> <laughs> come up with a whole new canvas now for you. It, 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 it takes time to adjust. And again, it wasn't a bad thing for me, uh, but it, it was real. Like, yeah. all these things I thought about are just now poof. <laughs> So I love I love how you said it though because it was uh, that was what my mom said to me we we had our conversation after it settled in for her and she said you know Miha I just had this idea of what your future was going to be like for right. so many years it's going to be hard for me to let that go so you're going to need to give me some time and it gave me a different perspective because you're like oh they they have dreams they have this like vision for me of my future, like their hopes, their dreams, and you know what we're gonna do and how we're gonna accomplish our life or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're young, you don't think like that. As you get older, you have life experience, and you're like, oh, that's totally like boom, light bulb moment. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course they would. <laughs> yeah. So and so and now, obviously, Frank, as you were describing, for someone who's or even as Rosie, I think you said your brother. You know, <clears throat> when you're when you've got that hard rooted personality in, in this particular situation, it's even worse. I'm sure it's like, you know, that's that's a cognitive dissonance. That's like, <laughs> oh, you imagine so, the spectrum from being like the the sporty jock, you know, all around, you know, all American, you know, to, you know, the cheer captain, and you know, right? it's like, you know. <laughs> All right, so Frank, we got like a little bit less than ten minutes, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think I want to honor Rosie with a few minutes of telling us about her entrepreneurship. Uh, Rosie, we are aware that you are now a business owner thanks to COVID, which is not really yeah. I mean, whatever, but yeah, <laughs> COVID, yeah. COVID did it. So please fill us in on how this began, what you do, how it's going, and do you make oatmeal? I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> we make some of the best oatmeal cookies. Yeah. Aww. So uh, I own In the Black Cookie Company. I like to tell everybody it's not just a cookie company. It's a gratitude company. Our whole goal is to help people, busy entrepreneurs, busy moms, busy people, um, send gratitude out to their community, to the people they love, to their you know communities. Um, we started the company in 2020. I, I shared with you guys. Um in January of 2020, my wife found out she was re-diagnosed for the second time with breast cancer. 
and um, she was going through the battle March 25th. She had a double mastectomy. I had that Friday before I had laid off 30 employees and the Sunday closed the kitchen that I was working out as a chef. And that, that Monday turned in my final paperwork. And then we went into, you know, breast care, breast cancer care and getting her healthy. Um, and then, you know, once we were through, we were through the chemo phase because she had to do six chemos in October, right before she started, she had 66 radiations right before she started that. I said, we should start the cookie company. The cookie company was a joke because she would go, you know, for two decades now, her and her mom would get together during the holidays and bake cookies. And old school, like, you know, back in the day, let me take a plate of cookies to the neighbor, to the fire department, to, you know, please. Well, they did this and they would give it out as Christmas gifts and, you know, they would do it for their fire department, police department, people that supported them through the year. And so um, I would always joke, I'd sit in the kitchen and I had the, the, the list and I'd prepare it and I would joke, oh, here we are in the black cookie company, you know, in the black kitchen. And the joke kind of just evolved from there. I woke up one day in October and said, we should start the cookie company. I was furloughed. Who knew when I was going to go back to work and I wanted to be busy doing something. She was going through, you know, she was going through radiation at the time and Boom, the cookie company evolved. So we started from home and we did it first year from home, literally. Um, <clears throat> created the operations plan procedures and we got our manufacturing license and we moved into a commercial kitchen. We ran a, a we're in an incubator kitchen, an LGI kitchen in Fullerton, California. Um, this woman has this kitchen she rents to small businesses and you get to use it like it's your own. It's a, pretty cool environment. So that's where we are. And, you know, now we're in our official second year, February 7th was the second year, second year. So we're doing yeah. it real now. <laughs> you happen to have like a, 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 a box or something. I, I just want to see what like your packages look like. Like if I, uh, oh, yeah. do you have anything there around you by any chance? <clears throat> oh, do I have a box around me? Yeah. Like, uh, like see if I can see a logo. Oh yes. Oh, well, I have my. I have. These are the cards that go into the box. Okay, look at that. See that? There you go. <clears throat> Cookies and from the heart. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. And so and we, uh, how's your distribution? Yeah. Like I've never seen a box of in the black cookies, so I don't know how I'm far. Have to, I could go any all fifty states. So we. What's the cool part of us is decided that um, we don't want to open a brick and mortar store for two reasons. Number one, our time is super valuable, right? You go through two things of cancer, you want to make time mean something. Um, So we're doing e-commerce only. So we do everything we do is e-commerce. So we ship to all 50 states, which is, you know, part of our process. So it doesn't matter where you live, we can get to you. So we're growing our company right now. I want everybody to know about it because it's really cool. And, um, you know, we're getting ready for our Father's Day cookie boxes right now. Super fun. Um, Our most popular cookie is our pecan cookie. We call it driving me nuts. 
and it has oh yeah we hand chop our block chocolate and we put chocolate chips 63 percent chocolate chips we use guitar chocolate which is from california yeah awesome. <laughs> they're good that so I, go Carlos. I, no, i was just gonna ask one last because i'm trying to get a picture of of the business uh if it's e-commerce so you I guess, how big is your kitchen or how many people are baking? Um, well, that's kind of the cool part. So we, you know, obviously I was a chef for 30 years. So I know food manufacturing. <laughs> I did that before I was actually in, in the kitchen. Um, I used to do manufacturing for Trader Joe's and like Vaughn's Pavilion and things like that. Um, so I have two, well, I have a social media person. We have a bookkeeper and we have a chef. So between the chef and myself, we work a couple days in the kitchen and we can produce, you know, a ton between her and I, because the baking is the easy part. Once you bake the cook, we, we bake and ship in the same day. Okay. So, yeah. So you get the freshest possible cookies and then we do a two day FedEx ship. So you get the cookies within, you know, two or three days from when we bake them. So and has there been an issue for you to keep up with basically? Not yet. You know, we're hope our hope is that it becomes an issue so we can hire a couple more people. You know, right now when you have two two chef level people knocking out the work, you 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 kind of make up. It's like having four people in the kitchen. You know, okay. all right. So, but if you pull me out, the goal is to eventually pull me out. Um, you <clears> know, <throat> so she can she can man it independently. Um, but we're not there yet. So you know that comes with growth. Awesome. I'm going to have to uh, try and see if your oatmeals are as good as you say. Uh, oh. We have the website going on here at the bottom, in the blackcookieco.com. Support Rosie, yeah. support the cookie company. And please tell me if her oatmeal cookies are what she says they are. <laughs> I'm going to have to hey, send look. you a box, Carlos. Yeah. Uh, no, she you did say. I will break that diet just to try and see if 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 you're the real deal. <laughs> we have two kinds that we have a we have a back pocket classic oatmeal, and then we have what we have on our website is the oatmeal with the chocolate covered raisins, and we call it the California. I'll take the first one. I'm not a big fan of chocolate. Mm -hmm. Bring the classic. All right. I'll take it. All right. <laughs> All right, Frank. Look at that. Hey, um, Father's Day is coming up. Hint, hint. Cookies. Yes. <laughs> have it right down there. Hint, hint, hint. You hear me? Hint, hint. Cookies. They're downstairs listening. So, you know, gotta. Um, any uh, final thoughts, guys? Um, nope. Another another uh, Pride show has come and gone. Uh, it's always informative. It's always good to hear uh, different perspectives. Uh, and it's good to to find that balance between our our positions on on all things pride, and uh, America needs to get uh get on the ball and start talking like we have. <laughs> yeah, stay open, stay kind, you know, and learn. live life with a great grateful heart and grace. Absolutely, don't have an allergic reaction to ignorance. Give an opportunity to teach. At that moment, you'll decide whether you need to hang around or not. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, um, my thoughts. It's Pride Month. We try to educate all our listeners, our youngins, especially. 
or whoever is out there just struggling with with your identity. You know what? Look at Rosie. <clears throat> you know, she came out many years ago. In a much you know, tougher environment, I would say. Exactly. <laughs> you know, nowadays we are more acceptable. And mm -hmm. you never know what your parent is actually going to say until you come out. And again, maybe at first it's not a, a hurrah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But eventually, you know what? We're parents. We love our kids regardless of what or who they are. Because I have yet, I have yet to meet a parent. Okay, that says I hate my kid, and it doesn't matter if the if the guy or, or female was a serial rapist or murderer. Okay, a parent never hates their child. So at, at the end of the day, however you decide to do things, your parents are always gonna have your back. Yeah. And you know, that concludes our show this week. Like always, um, Rosie, thank you. Um, Carlos. Thanks for having me on, guys. Happy Pride. Uh, yeah. Absolutely happy Pride. Uh, Frank, wow. always a pleasure. 30 years and counting, right? I mean, we've been friends for too long. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It's too long. Too long. Back to where we were in sixth grade. So 36 figure. years, man. That's the number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hey, but like we always end our shows, and I'm doing the producing before I forget. I got to say something. <laughs> Frank's not. <laughs> oh, i forget. He, he manages screens, manages chats, posts pictures, like all on the fly. I got to give it to him. I know he tends to pause every now and then, but that's just because he's doing the work. I get like lost. Three, I get lost. <laughs> I, work three people. I think everyone needs to know that he does the work of three people. And so I always give him mad props for doing it. <clears throat> um, remember, uh, speaking of real, we're brought to you guys by CMG actually Clovercrest media group for all your past podcasting needs. Come to doing the CMG. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I just forgot what it was. I just have to give it a moment. <laughs> I'm going off script, so go figure, right? So, hey, it's uh, cmg.com. Come check us out. Uh, you might agree with what we're speaking or you might disagree with what we're speaking, but keep this one thing in mind. Whatever month it is, whether it's Pride Month, whether Rosie's on the show, whoever comes on the show, we always try to speak it real. Catch you guys yeah. next week. Good night, everybody. Night. <laughs> Vamos a mandarle un saludo a Speaking Irria Podcast. Un saludo para Speaking Irria. Emma García de la tira pana. No estoy a poda porría. Yo como quiera le meto. Sigo improvisando en esto pana. No creo en falta de respeto. Yo me fui, pero huevo para atrás. Yo sigo improvisando y te la tiro por detrás. Como a 100, millas. Tú sabes, mi chamaco, no me diga que me voy a poner pesado. Como se puso tu día, oíste. Improvisando de vera. Si tú quieres un podcast, mire Speaking Irria de vera. Hey, explique Ria Boca.